Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, increasingly, Irish people will go abroad for, say, dental work or various forms of cosmetic surgery. The main motivation is that it can be cheaper in other countries, but all too often you get what you pay for. Michelle Fury-Lawler, who runs Jejuve Clinic in Dublin, says that she regularly has to fix botched procedures, particularly the most risky cosmetic procedure, the Brazilian bum lift. Michelle, good afternoon. How are you? Now, actually, for people who don't know, what is a Brazilian bum lift? What does it involve? So we see a lot of people on social media um, looking at the Kardashians, for example, where they have like these big behinds. So the idea of a woman should have a hourglass figure. Well, it's not actually possible really naturally for some people to have that. So people go abroad for cosmetic surgery to have fat transferred from one part of their body into their bums to give them more of a fullness at the back. Um, And it seems to be quite a dangerous uh, procedure to have as well. It's one Mm. of the top rated risked surgeries at the moment to have. Why is it so risky? It's to do with where the fat is took. So there's been a number of deaths over the last couple of years with cosmetic surgery to do with BBL filler. Uh, or BBL, sorry, BBL uh, surgery directly themselves. So what happens is, is that when they take the fat from, say, the stomach or the hips or somewhere like that to put it into into the back of the bum, there's a high possibility of, of it, the fat going into arteries and veins and stuff like that. And it can, you know, cause massive complications and even death in some people. So, ah, And women you have coming in to see you who've had this yeah. procedure abroad, what kind of things have gone wrong for them? Uh, exactly. Not exactly that, but um, a little bit worse. So, for example, the majority of women that come into our clinic, they are um, people who have either been botched uh, surgically and have no recourse and can't get something fixed and they have body dysmorphia. So, for example, we've had people that come into us for BBL filler. So, where we're able to inject filler into certain areas of the bum to give it proper fullness, proper shape, uh, less dangerous. You know, it's really, really popular in our clinic. So we have an awful lot of people that come in who haven't been botched and who have been botched to have filler put in. It's a safer alternative. Um, and doctors are actually trained to do it as well here in Dublin. So it's a lot more uh, safer environment than having to go abroad, have fat liposuction to have one area of the body and put into that one area. That can be quite dangerous. But say the women who turn up to you who've been abroad and, and it's gone wrong for them, what are they noticing that's gone wrong for them? Um, everything. So it starts with their, um, with everything from the start. So if you want to go abroad to have surgery done, what's happening is, is that you find all these places that look flashy on the internet so on, they're on Instagram and they, what happens is these let's say a young woman in Dublin decides to travel abroad to have a BBL filler done and what happens is, is she makes friends with this company um, in whatever country it is and they all of a sudden they're on their WhatsApp they're their best friend they know everything about them they follow them on social media they'll like all their posts you know all this type of stuff and it's kind of like to reel them in so it's a fishing expedition Then what happens is these girls end up going for these surgeries in these foreign countries um, and they sign up for whatever it is, the surgery, and they're told, well, you don't need just this, you need something else as well done. So then they're roped into alternative surgeries as well on top of it. So they go in, they have their surgery, they pay X amount of money and then that's it. They're left to their own devices when they get back to Dublin. They've no aftercare. They don't know what to do. They're left with like a, a, a group WhatsApp page where there's other patients in there who have nobody watching this page, nobody of authority, nobody to talk to them about what's happened. The coordinators that they dealt with before have all of a sudden disappeared and then they're at a loss. All of a sudden then they have problems that the, the HSE or their doctors are trying to fix here. So if it's a medical condition, uh, for example, in my case where I had certain surgeries done, I had 
gross uh, complications. I had to have a surgeon help me here in Dublin in James's Hospital, you know. And then what happens is you have to go to like the aftercare clinics for wound care and you have to see your own GP. And some of these GPs aren't actually trained with wound care for cosmetic surgeries. And it's just very few places in here that does help them. So my clinic in Jujuve uh, in Andrew Street, what happens is, is that we have doctors that work with us and I work with plastic surgeons, well-known you know, doctors who have great patient safety and they're outside the country as well. Like, so what happens is that these women would tend to come into me and they'd be like, listen, this is what's wrong with me. You know, I've had my staff have got photographs of women who've come in after having botched implants in their breasts or, you know, all these different types of things. We can't actually put filler into the breasts. We refuse to do it because it's quite dangerous. What we do instead is we direct them to a company that can help them or somebody outside Ireland who's able to, you know, uh, assess what they need. Sometimes we can send them to someone who might want to talk to them psychologically about what's going on, you know, so because there's a, there's a pitfall. You know, mm. a lot of young girls are coming back to Dublin after plastic surgery and they have no help. You know, no one wants to help them. They, they turn up at wound care clinics and hospitals and they're being shamed for going abroad for surgery. But the actual fact is, is that we don't have the facilities here in Ireland to help these women in general. Yeah. So, tell us a bit about the experience you had. I went to Turkey. Pretty horrific. John, oh, my God. So when I went to Turkey, I, like everyone else... Um, my society, let's just say, for example, the industry I'm in is quite vain. We all know it's a vain industry. Um, I was the size 18 to 20. I had, I didn't look what I was supposed to look like for somebody who was in the beauty industry. You know, I had spent all my life working in like spa therapy and, you know, doing facials. And then I'd all of a sudden then spent years training to aesthetics, you know, for the face and then learning how to rebuild people's faces and different things like this. So somebody had asked me, I was totally blown away. There was an American actress that came over to Dublin for some show she was doing and I had been asked, would I consider doing work on this woman? So I said, yeah, that was no problem. And I did. She actually came into the clinic. She had work done by me and her assistant, I had asked, could I get a photograph with her because I was a fan? And uh, the assistant said, yeah, but we need those photographs. You're not allowed to put them on social media until we have them edited. So I was like, right, that's fine. And they edited the photographs down with me in it didn't look like me so it caused body dysmorphia in me whereas I didn't look a certain way I wasn't photogenic I went to Turkey then and decided like what I did what all those other girls had done found a place had done a bit of research they looked really flashy online they looked after some really big well-known names in the UK Um, immediately then they were my best friend on social media you know liking following my posts you know liking pictures you know praising me they were like my best friend so I decided I'd go and get work done so I flew over there I spent a total of five, six days over there. I had planned to book in for a tummy tuck. It was a certain size. I didn't actually need the tummy tuck. It was an alternative surgery I should have had done. Um, I woke up in a hospital eight hours after having the surgery done in a a bad way. I had like uh, the stomach was in a body bag beside me where they had cut off. So I had like biohazard material all around my bed. I had blood covered on the wall that I was standing up against or the bed that I was in. After eight hours, they decided to pack me up with my little... um, little drains and send me back with the coordinator. Got back into this very flashy villa. There was four of them in a row. There was some famous people staying in some villas and there was other people staying in others. And uh, they didn't look after you. You know, they didn't care. You didn't have your nurse on staff. You didn't have, like, somebody walking in now. The house was checking on you, but they didn't check on you. You had to ask for painkillers, you know, the usual. I slept the whole time I was over there because I was in so much pain. I was ringing home to see could I get a flight back early. I came back to Dublin and I was on the flight coming back and I knew if I didn't get off the plane and get to an A&E, there was something badly going to happen to me. So I got into Dublin Airport and my husband then brought me straight to James's Hospital. I had a five litre seroma. Um, it was like it's hot liquid, it's like fluid that fills into certain areas of the body uh, in my stomach. And I couldn't walk with it. And then there was all other issues that I was having. I had infections and everything. They told me I was so close to having sepsis, they don't even know how I didn't just pass away. 
um, on the plane. They talked to me about like how they found stitches in my face. Um, so I had like a stitch coming out of my neck and in my mouth. I had stitches uh, in my back. I had stitches all down the back of my legs. We still don't know to this day what they had done. Um, so James's Hospital had to patch me up, uh, re-operate on me again. And then I spent ages in James's Hospital over six months going back and forward every week oh, just for God. help. So it wasn't just me. So it turned out that the nurse that was dealing with me on the night I arrived in had told me that it, on average, she had seen like 10 people a week coming in with the same issues. Having a letter saying they're fit to fly isn't acceptable. They're clearly getting on the plane. They clearly have an awful lot of work done. These people are up in the air. They can have like deep vein thrombosis. There's no medical help for anybody on the plane, if anything, over four hours if they're abroad, you know, all this type of stuff. So they're really taking their lives in their hands. Um, and then these companies aren't responsible. You get back to Dublin and you discover if you have work done in Turkey, for example, they aren't, you know, they, they don't care about you. You know, they block you on social media. They'll, they won't respond to your messages and they're not responsible legally because you're not a citizen of Turkey. You can't sue them. You can't have any recourse. And then the surgeons just disappear off. My clinic have found so many horror stories over the last couple of years. It's been shocking. We had a young woman who had come into us to tell us that her friend had gone with her for, um, she was having her own surgery done. Her friend happened to mention to the driver that she would love to have got her nose done. She should have actually booked in to have her nose done. Um, when her friend went in for original operation and the girl that mentioned about the nose ended up going off on a whim and getting her nose done through the driver. The girl woke up in or came to around in a hospital or not a hospital, sorry, I beg your pardon, the airport in Istanbul, a thousand pound lighter and her nose was at to be done and she couldn't tell you where she was, how she got there, why they dropped her back off at the, at the airport instead of the hotel. Your man just took the thousand pound off and brought her to a back street place to have it done. So she's currently having her nose rebuilt here in Dublin as well. Like, so there's massive horror stories. You see these women having surgery for gastric sleeves and being told that, oh God, you have a problem with your gallbladder. You know, it's an extra £600 for that to be removed. And turns out like that, they might not have problems with their gallbladder. One patient that was in our clinic there two weeks ago was telling us and the doctor that she actually had her gallbladder removed at 14. And when she was over there having surgery done, they were adamant that she was wrong. Her gallbladder was still there and it needed to be removed. It's kind of funny, but it's really sad to see like these young women from 18, under 25, 18 to 25, being pushed into cosmetic surgery, you know, yeah. for what needs to be done. That is terrifying. Michelle Fury-Lawler is owner and director of Jeju Clinic in Dublin. Michelle, thank you very much. Thank you. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. After that, we'll be chatting with Mario Rosenstock. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.